Welcome to the Easy Point Podcast. Today, we have on our first business owner, Larry Cohen. He's a savvy earner and spender of all credit card rewards who caught on pretty early to the outstanding value that can be had by having a miles and points strategy. We discuss some of the challenges and opportunities unique to optimizing rewards for a business. How are you doing today, Larry? I am doing excellent. It's a beautiful day in the city. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Anytime. You know, I love talking about frequent flyer miles. <laughs> yeah. So let's just get started with kind of from the beginning. So you were a business owner as the more lucrative ways to earn miles and points uh, became more popular. What were your first impressions on, you know, the first significant sign-up bonuses for just meeting a minimum spend on a credit card? I'll give you a little background. Like, so I, to be, you know, you know, straight about it, I wasn't really a frequent flyer points guy because, you know, my conceptualization of points was, you know, what I learned, you know, when I was younger and, you know, we had our credit cards and we had different cards and points would just kind of accumulate in all sorts of different areas. And, Finding out how to redeem them was never easy. And so we used them, but it wasn't anything that we really focused on. And then I had a close friend who uh, is also a business associate and said, you know, you could be paying a lot of your bills in your business using credit cards and accumulate significant numbers of points, which will make your personal travel less expensive, your business travel less expensive and really directed me towards, you know, the strategy and uh, helped us with the processes internally, but also started directing us to, you know, cards, right? So he was, he's not on the level of expert like you are, um, but he is somebody that's kind of passionate about it. And they, they subscribe to different things that talk about new cards coming out. And they really introduced me to, you know, how to sign up for certain cards and, and then, once I realized the value of that, I started doing the same, but they, they, it's almost like a, you know, game for them. Like how do yeah. they, how do they work the system and which cards do they sign up for? And, and, you know, oftentimes they're signing up for cards to, you know, get the big sign up value and we'll use the card for a prescribed period of time and then move on to another card. We have done a little bit of that, but I think as the card world has become more competitive, these sign-up values have increased to such an extent, and the multipliers that can come with points based upon, you know, what you, you know, how you use your card, um, it makes sense to constantly be looking at what's the next best card to come out. You know, not that you want to sign up for cards all the time because it can impact your credit a little bit. Whoa, I think. whoa, wait, I, let's 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 unpack that for a second, Larry. Uh, maybe not. I said, I said, as I've heard, I, said, I don't well, know. Well, it, it, so it can impact your credit, but positively. Question. But positively. So right. there, there's a big misconception that I think slowly people are realizing in kind of the more general public, but that getting lots of credit cards is bad for your credit score. So the, your credit score is complicated and there's a lot of different factors, but by far the most important factor for the banks is your utilization ratio. So how much of your credit you're using on a regular basis. So the more cards you have, uh, the lower that ratio is going to be. And that is by far the most important thing for your score. So in the short term, when you open a new account or when you apply and get a hard pull, this does ding your credit score a little bit, but it 
you know, in the long run, it really does help your credit score. And basically all of the major travel bloggers uh, have near perfect credit scores. And it's a credit score you really can't get to without having so many credit cards. Uh, I know for myself, you know, I have a stupid amount of a credit available to me and I basically never go above a 1% utilization ratio. So my credit score, even though I've just been in this game for about two and a half years, is very high. So look, that, that's great. That's great to know because there are definitely cards that we would love to sign up for, and maybe you can help guide us to that way too. That yeah, for sure. Um, that would um, knowing that because we are constantly, you know, looking for ways to increase what we what we put our spend to um, in our personal lives. We use credit cards a lot more, and I think people are doing that in general. But as a business, we will put you know, as much of that we can, as long as suppliers will take it on those cards. And, uh, it's yeah. been very lucrative for us and, and not just from a personal perspective, from a business perspective, when we have to fly to see a client and usually that's at short notice, uh, we are not in, we do not have the ability to shop for rates because client says, be here. We want you here on this date and you have to do that. And some days it's one day's notice. So being able to use frequent flyer miles to offset that is an incredibly valuable uh, option for us because you're, you're really trading points for dollars. And if you look at what you're really saving over the course of a year, it's a, it's a pretty significant number. Yeah. So that's a really good point in terms of, you know, the miles being more useful when you're doing a lot of last minute travel, because miles are basically another currency, you know, so cash, the cash value of tickets fluctuates a ton based on what day you're buying mileage uh, tickets more and more they're doing that but overwhelmingly they kind of stay the same and it's just availability changes so you know whenever you're booking a ticket now you basically just have two currencies to check and there's almost like a currency arbitrage that's going on where you know one ticket can be substantially cheaper especially if flying in business class on a long flight than you know buying it with with cash so if you're regularly accumulating these points and saving it for the high value things like flying versus, you know, just redeeming for statement credit or gift cards or hotels, then, yeah, it could seriously contribute to your business's bottom line. And, 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 and more. Uh-huh, sorry. No, I was going to say, and it's also, you know, when you as as we have looked at different cards, it's also the ease of use of those particular points, because, you know, there are some programs that we have where. We can literally log on to a travel site and book our, our flights right there, and it's actually buying a real ticket at a you know, and it's a it's a it's a fairly favorable points to dollar ratio versus some other cards. So that even that allows us to do things last minute in a very uncomplicated um, way. Um, I think you know people like you are incredibly valued at all stages of this, but the greatest value is when you are trying to really maximize your points on the kind of the business ticket that, you know, when you need to understand the, the mathematics and the, the machinations that you have to go through to get points from one, you know, sometimes transferring from one program to the next gives you a much greater points value than just buying it, you know, kind of the basically simple way. always, basically always. <laughs> But it, but it can be right. overwhelming in terms of all the different possibilities and then understanding how long it takes to transfer and, you know, saver awards versus normal awards. Yeah, it's 
you know, it, it's, it's rare that you're going to have the time. Like I, I have just this irrational obsession with this and only recently it's become my main business. But you know, if someone on your team is so good at points that they know all those ratios, they're probably not spending enough time at their normal job. You know, it, it things well, are that, always and, changing and, that, and yeah. <laughs> and, and that's absolutely true. And that's why I think, you know, starting and, and running a business that like you are doing, I mean, you would know better than I, but how many billions of dollars and, you know, it could be, you know, I have no idea how many billions it is. I know it's a massive number of points that are sitting out there that people are not utilizing for lack of knowledge about how to do it or how to best use them. And so I think the business that you're running, you know, can be incredibly valuable to people out there, you know, who've accumulated points. And there are people who don't use it as a business strategy, but as a personal strategy that have accumulated points over the years and probably have very little idea of how many points they've accumulated. And sometimes that's a fairly significant number. And uh, oh, yeah, so I think sure. what you're doing is awesome. Well, what I found more is, is less that, you know, people in the business world or maybe a lot of points personally, like aren't aware of their points, at least now in, you know, 2017, but it, it's more of that they're just getting terrible redemption rates. So they're doing stuff like booking through the Amex travel portal, booking through the Chase travel portal and feeling really good about it because they got, you know, a normal flight for free. But Generally, booking through their travel portals is, you know, a terrible value of your points. It'll be better than one cent per point. But again, just either outsourcing that to someone like myself in terms of the transfer ratios or, you know, even just doing, you know, like learning about it yourself or like an initial kind of five or 10 hour just research into it will yield really good results. Right. I mean, the time, it, look, it's not they, – they don't – most – you know, card point issuers do not want to make it so easy for you to use those things and to use the points. And so therefore, you know, they may make it easy to use points at a lower value, but to really maximize your value, you really do have to have a exactly uh, decent, you know, you know, I mean, decent is probably the, the baseline, but you really need to have a fairly sophisticated understanding of what those offerings are. And, you know, the little bit I know, and the because it kind of, seems kind of fun to me, as you get into the reading more and more, the offers that are out there and your ability to take advantage of those types of special opportunities can only really be done well by someone like yourself who runs it as a business or someone who has a lot of time on their hands, mm-hmm. um, which I don't. <laughs> yeah, you definitely see some people you know that, I, that I've met that you know are travel hackers that know all this stuff. And, you know, are very wealthy and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy you enjoy optimizing this stuff, but it really doesn't seem to be worth your time. Like it's certainly lucrative, but it's lucrative kind of to a point, you know? So like the, the most lucrative thing is more of like me trying to work with a ton of people with a ton of points, because then, you know, on each interaction, I can add a lot of value. But for myself, it's like, yeah, I've got to do all these flights and do all this cool stuff and stuff I otherwise wouldn't do with the amount of money that I make. But, you know, there, there is definitely a floor where, you know, even if you know everything about all the credit cards and do some manufactured spending and get like me, you know, aim for like 20 cards a year, there's still only so much you're going to get. And that's definitely a commitment. And if you're you know running a business, you know, have, have a job that allows you to earn and spend the amount of points it would take to kind of regularly have too many points on your hands, this is probably not the best best way to spend your time. Or even enjoyable, you know, it's like, yeah. 
you know, it's interesting as I travel around and I'm on some boards and I do some speaking and just various business things, you know, I, I, I'm a pretty decent evangelist for, you know, you should use your cards and figure out how to maximize the value of doing that to other business owners. And it still amazes me how few actually have a strategy for doing that or even have a strategy about how to use credit cards with even in their own business. So, you know, I think there's a real opportunity out there to help educate the business owners, small business owners. I mean, the world is, is converging on, you know, away from cash into credit cards. And so therefore, the opportunities out there to maximize those values within their business as money gets tighter, people are going to want quicker pay, and they get quicker pay through the through their credit card, accepting credit cards. So there's a lot of motion and, and and kind of inertia going in that direction. And I think there's a lot of business owners just that are so stuck in the way that they've done it that I think there's a great opportunity to educate um, those types of owners on how to best do this. Well, that's really good to hear uh, someone starting a business hoping that that's the case. But Let's let's dive into it a little bit with you, Larry, just in terms of, uh, you know, I, I don't want to call this the full easy point consult because uh, that requires a lot more kind of pre-information and, you know, some information you're not going to want to share to the public. But just in terms of the basics, like what cards do you have now and kind of what's your general strategy for, you know, which cards you're spending on, you know, different categories? Personally, we have an American Express card and we have a Chase Sapphire Reserve which we signed up for when, you know, fairly early on that, you know, we'd gotten kind of win the points multiple for restaurants and other things like that. Someplace, unfortunately, my wife and I spend and our family spends a lot of money was <laughs> something. Um, from a business perspective, we use a couple cards and, you know, um, we use a Merrill Lynch for business card, which um, I think has been amazing uh, for us from the perspective of the ability for us to do some of our own booking through a fairly robust travel portal at a at a at a very good rate and we and, what's the typical uh, rate you're getting per point um, I think when you know they they actually for instance 25,000 miles you, you can get a, up to a $500 ticket um, and it's actually a real ticket, so you can literally buy a ticket, put your frequent flyer mile in, and get more frequent flyer miles. So it's, wow! So, so, so they're you, buying you, you a routinely, real ticket. You're routinely getting like two cents per per mile or per point. Right. On that. Wow. Um, you and, can and, you're, and you're getting more you than that because you're also getting the the frequent flyer miles on top of that. So you're getting you right. know, probably on uh, average a little over two cents per point. Which, if you can book your own travel doing that, that's that's really amazing. And so the one thing I. And I Zach, let me, let me, I just want to make a, like, a distinction because I think the people who listen to this should really understand, like, they're, and, and they will understand it and you understand it, but there's, you know, that actually I think may even be a debit card. Um, so we're not taking a float on the money we spend. Yeah. Like, for instance, our accounting people will, they'll send me a summary of what the charges are going to be on. We sign off on it. Then we know exactly what's going to be put on the card, and that get that money is made available so that the um, card issuer can draw the money down um, as soon as those charges come through. Um, okay, so it's like as a, opposed a to a, card. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's 
So we're not taking a float um, on it, but we're getting you know significant points on it. And I just think it's an important distinction um, for people to remember that you know there are come there are cards that people take the float and and things like that. This is one that the the value that it adds to us. Um, because in addition to, so it's very good for travel, and it's actually very good for um, gift cards. Because on the gift card side, I believe the value of it is a penny and a half per point. So you can get a hundred dollar gift card for sixty seven hundred points or something like that. Whereas oftentimes it's usually a penny. In my experience, okay, so or, yeah, so you're getting like one point three, one point three ish on it. That's definitely much yeah. better than most other yeah. cards for gift cards. Much other cards. So it's it's actually um, it's actually a good card and one of our favorites. We also um, have a Star Wars card that we use for some of the more corporate travel. Oftentimes, you find that cards are really good for airlines, but not so good for hotels. And you know, for us, Star Wars has worked out um, reasonably well for that. We've probably have never really looked into which one would be the best card for hotels. Not, we do a lot more travel you know, on airlines than the hotel side. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have a Barclays card that we use that I think we get double points for everything we spend. The nice thing about that card is, is that you, they give you a statement credit, which it feels like it's one to like a, you know, kind of a penny, but you really, you're, you're earning two points. So it's really double. Um, but the nice thing is you can go online and identify the travel that you want to apply the point. I have found that the, you know, when you have to call in and talk to somebody about, you know, here are the charges I want. I want to convert points to dollars and use it as a credit against those charges. That added step is sometimes a, uh, a disincentive to doing it because it's oftentimes one of those things that slips through the cracks and or we forget about it, forget to do it. So those those are really the main cards mm-hmm. that we use. We definitely have others, but we don't use those nearly as much. Yeah, so I think you know you're definitely doing a lot better than the vast majority of business owners out there. Certainly doing better than any business client I've worked with. But there's still, especially if you're traveling regularly, still a lot of money you're leaving on the table. You definitely want to be having a card that gets you a very high multiplier uh, in terms of like booking flights or booking travel. And none of the cards that you have are really optimizing for that. SPG is great if you're regularly staying at those properties. It's also a great card for non-bonus spend. So if you ever have vendors that will accept any credit card, you can get really robust value out of SPG points when transferring to either airlines or when staying at very nice SPG properties. So that's definitely a good card to have in the bank. Again, the Merrill card is just a great baseline card. So, you know, you can do a lot better when you're eating, like to paying, paying for eating out, paying for travel. But as, you know, a solid card to have, you know, a certain amount of points that then you can just always redeem for these revenue flights. It's just must be nice when you're doing these last minute ticketing to now, instead of just having the options of, okay, do we figure out how to transfer it ourselves? Do we outsource this transferring? Do we book cash? No, we have this kind of middle option, which is, you know, not ideal, but it is, you know, pretty damn good and that you can execute yourself quickly. So I think for your, for your business, you're, you're doing a, a pretty good job now. I know if we work together, I'd, I'd make a few recommendations here and there, but definitely, you know, I, I'd say you, you should be pretty proud of, you know, definitely formulating a strategy at least. And that that's the thing that like you identified that it just is so shocking to me that 
companies don't do this. You know, you, you, you'll make entire pitch decks about a new strategy to increase revenue by 0.5% when you're leaving the, you know, one to two and a half percent increase in cash back on the table uh, by not having this, you know, miles and points, you know, credit card strategy. And the interesting thing is, and again, this is my own like quirkiness and you know, my own, but there are definitely cashback cards that you know pay a fairly significant amount of cashback, and they're they're unlimited. And weirdly to me, even though they may be a higher multiple, I still rather have the frequent flyer miles because it it gives me you know the of doing things last minute and not feeling like money's coming out of my pocket. You know, whereas once you get um, money in the bank, it, it feels different. And, and that's just my personal, you know, perception of it. Other people I know, all they want is the cash. And that part is great. You know, I love the flexibility of knowing that if I want to take a, a last minute trip and go visit my son at school, or we want to go see, a, you know, the NCAA basketball, you know, championship and literally fly out that morning, that we can we can figure out how to do it and not have to actually look at what it would cost to get the flights. The tickets are expensive to, for the, for the game, but the travel isn't. And that there's a, there's a flexibility yeah. that makes that really appealing to me. Yeah. All I would say um, is that, that, you know, if, if you were like when you're getting two cents per point plus routinely from the Merrill card, it's definitely better. But for most businesses, you know, you can get that, you know, 2% cash back card, and even if it feels a little bit better to use the points because it feels like it's like play money as opposed to real money. So there's less, you know, you feel less bad spending the equivalent amount. Definitely be aware of the fact that if you're routinely getting less than two cents per point on your points, you're better off just doing the cash back. That yeah. being said, there's a, there, are, there are some advantages yeah. depending on your, your tax situation, which is obviously very personal. But, you know, points and miles are non-taxable income. Cashback is the IRS has been very clear in right. terms of the fact that, you know, points and miles are not considered uh, taxable income, at least for now, which has been amazing for me, because in 2016, an absurdly high percentage of, you know, the value, you know, the money, whatever the, the value that I made in that year for myself was in the form of miles and points. So uh, depending on your personal tax situation, it could make sense to get maybe routinely one and a half cents per point and redeem them directly and not pay taxes on that than to get the 2% cash back and then maybe have to pay, you know, like if, if you're, if you're going to pay more than 25% in taxes on top of that, well, then it's just less of a headache to use the points and you're going to get more value from it. So that might be the case for you. Yeah, absolutely. And one other topic that I think, you know, which I've never really talked about with anybody, but like, I think your, your listeners would be interested in, and I think you'd be interested in is that just like you see kind of internet security and all this other stuff that's going on in the world out there, we actually have a, you know, fairly significant bank of points and got a call from the fraud department at the, uh, card issuer saying that somebody has my identity and is trying to get all the points redeemed for for money and and that sent in wiring instructions <laughs> to do it and it was amazing to me how far they had gotten into the system to do that and so just for people to be aware of that there's real value in these points and and there's a you know and for people who are 
criminals, they see the value in it too. So this is another area that people are susceptible to. And I know that, you know, we, after that, set up other layers of security um, so that we have a, a verbal password if we're going in and, and other things, just because if you're, if you're, if you're actually going to make it a strategy and try to accumulate lots of points, recognize that other people see that, see it as valuable and they may try to figure out a way to get it. And it's a, it's one of those things that people don't pay attention to like they do their bank accounts. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and some issues I've had when working with small businesses is like maybe they have a really diverse amount of spending. They're routinely spending money on groceries, on, you know, dining, on travel. And to really optimize their cash back, I'm going to recommend in that first year they should be getting five or six cards. Well, you know, every business has their own accounting structure and kind of internal compliance. And that's, you know, something where, yeah, maybe I can increase your cash back by you know, an additional 0.8% by just getting this card. But, you know, maybe you just get that one and not all the other ones because just the emotional headache of kind of reorienting your, you know, payment and accounting systems uh, might not be worth it in terms of the time and money that has to be spent on that. That being said, I usually think right. people are, are more risk averse than they should be in that regard because it's one of those things where, yeah, maybe you don't get your money back in the first year, but in the long run, you clearly do. So I, I try to encourage businesses to, you know, be open to the fact that it's totally okay to have multiple credit cards. But, you know, that that's definitely something that people are resistant to and, and something I have to learn more about in terms of, you know, the the more complex accounting system set up and maybe have, you know, more pertinent recommendations for ways to make the transition easier because that's that's usually the biggest obstacle for businesses that I work with in terms of getting the maximum value. It's basically just being like, we don't want to change the way we do things to have a ton of cards. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we had to, we had to do that, those same things and, you know, the process has changed over the years, but when we were first doing this, we literally were, had the system. So we didn't have to make so many modifications, but we basically had, you know, when people, I mean, if you're still printing checks, for instance, and signing checks and mailing those in, our process became fairly simple, which was, we would actually print a blank piece of, we'd use a blank piece of paper, not a check form, and had a form set up that said, this is not a check. This is an authorization for you to charge this credit card this amount of money. And I literally would sign those just like I would sign a normal check. You wow. Know, now okay. we do a lot more of our of our payments online, but that's relatively simple, right? Just It's a form that just gets plugged into the system and it gets printed just like anything else. So, you know, that's a fairly easy way to access it. Um, we do a lot more of our, you know, we don't really print checks anymore um, because we've automated a lot of that. Um, so a lot more is done online. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an extra step. But, you know, I conservatively think that we save $100,000 a year in our business using cards. Um, yeah. We take people to trade shows and we're going to Vegas and – you know, 15 people are going and I mean, those flights go on points. We have to fly last minute somewhere. And, you know, it's interesting when you book those flights, you actually see what the flight that would actually cost you to do it. They like, you know, it's, uh, you know, thousands of dollars last minute on a personal level, same type of thing. I mean, you know, again, my son is a sophomore at Duke and he wanted to go visit his friends in Michigan for the weekend. They had a fall break and, 
if I had booked his travel because he had to go there and then come home and then back to school, it was actually $2,500 in flights that wow. we were able to book. And I mean, so when you start seeing those numbers and you realize, yeah, I would have said no to that trip. I'm like, yeah, I would have been like, you can't do that. That's $2,500 as opposed to sure. No problem. Go have, go have fun. And without thinking twice about it, because we've accumulated points and whatever the number of points we spent, we're replacing those on a monthly basis. So it's, um, and more. So it does give you a flexibility to do things that feel really frivolous. And, and in a way like that's, Kind of what points are great for. You know, treat yourself to something, take trips you can't afford to do, or take more people on a take more people on a business trip because you know it's not going to cost you that much more money to do it. Because if you can, if you're smart and you can book your hotel rooms on point, and you can book your rental car on point, and you can book your flights on point, the added person is meals, right? As opposed to yeah. that doesn't fit in our budget structure. So it. That's the if you know, and again, it, that's your job to take people down that pathway, and that's why you know you're doing uh, podcasts like this and talking to people like me because you know our, my experience is so over the top positive about it that you know, and the people who kind of taught me about it initially, I had known for years, and you know, I felt like such a you know an idiot that I wasn't doing it sooner than mm-hmm. than they were, and. It, and then once we started doing it, it seemed like such a no-brainer. I will tell you that you know the what you were just mentioning about kind of the accounting departments. Yeah, they have their processes, and I've had to push them to say this is important to me. I want this done, and because it'd be a lot easier for them just to pay everybody with the with the like checks. Mm-hmm. Just because it's one system doing one thing, but then when we talk about how much money is actually saved, um, it almost becomes like a game. Like there's one person in our accounting department. Every month he comes and tells me how many points, and he gets fired up. He goes, "Oh, we just did this many hundred thousand points this month, or whatever it is." And you know, and he knows I get excited about it. They get excited about it. We use points for uh, like free trips as incentives for people in the company, and so there's lots of ways to do it that isn't just about how we use them personally. Um, but it is one of those things that it does take a little bit of work, but once you do it, it just starts paying off because we have done surveys to our, uh, major, uh, vendors and saying, do you accept credit cards? Most do, you know, over time now, some have started to say, well, we're going to take your credit card, but we're going to charge you a fee. And so you, you figure out which ones are lucrative for you to do. And, you know, put as much money on it as you can. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's great, and I, I I'm happy you brought up the fact that you know you're actively trying to get you know get more money on cards in ways that some business owners don't even expect they can, like paying vendors that maybe normally tick check, and then just really trying to maybe negotiate them down on the fees because when you do a lot of volume, you have some negotiating power there, and that's something that businesses don't even think about. So. Like if you can get someone to take an Amex card, which is going to be the highest fees for them, but then you could use your SBG card. And, you know, I conservatively value SBG points at around 2.2 cents. But for myself and my clients, I'm frequently getting three and a half, four cents per point per value. So if you're if they charge you a one and a half percent fee for using SBG card and then, you know, you have someone in house or you outsource it to someone to make sure that you transfer those points profitably. So you're getting at a floor two and a half cents per point. 
Well, now not only are you, you know, having the convenience of being able to pay vendors with a card on credit and have and have more float for cash flow for your business, you also now are just making one percent when paying a vendor that most people are paying with a check. Right. Absolutely. You know, and that's where you know understanding how the systems work and. You know, and again, that's where I think you add value because, you know, the 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 learning, learn, knowing where to transfer points and how to transfer, how to maximize those value. That's where I, people like you really, you know, add value. And you know, the the simple things where I can just go online and book a quick trip down to Durham. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't need to bother you with that because it's a regular flight, and nor would you want me doing that. You know, most of the time because it's probably not taking advantage of what you really have to offer. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I know you're available to help us out with that stuff, but really figuring out how to maximize those values and and look, the you know the you, it's very difficult to use any of the systems that are easily accessible when you're trying to book those business flights or the first class flights or any of those things and the international travel without somebody like you who has some sort of expertise in it, unless you just have so much time on your hands to do the research and know when you can transfer the miles and how many miles can be transferred, you know, at a time because there are restrictions on that. I mean, there's lots of those little things that make your, your consulting business really viable. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to hear. And I think on that note, Larry, I know, you know, in the, in the spirit of outsourcing your miles and points up to someone else, uh, you don't have a lot of time. Time is valuable and I'll let you be. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and, you know, really sharing with the audience just kind of your, your approach to this and, and what it's like to re, really be a business owner that's, that's savvy about this stuff. So I appreciate it. The audience appreciates Any, it. Yeah. Anytime, Zach. This was fun. Okay. Thanks, Larry. My pleasure. Today's show is made possible by EasyPoint, a new service that helps both small businesses and consumers formulate a personalized miles and points strategy. I'm excited to announce that the website is finally up and running. Check out easypoint.me to learn all about the customized plan of attack that could take your mileage and points accrual and spend to the next level.